1: Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
2: Hello peas, just when you thought you were going to get rid of us, we're back. (laughs) It's our new idea after four and a half years to do a summer series. It is. They're not new episodes because we are extremely mediocre, as you are aware, and we are human beings and we are having a holiday like everyone else in Australia. But we thought you might still like to hear some of our favourite episodes.
3: So we've chosen a few um, that we know people really enjoyed at the time and you might have missed them.
2: So please enjoy. Enjoy them. And if you didn't miss them, you can... Listen to I the. I begin. love re-watching things. Same. So I love re-listening. It's comforting. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Enjoy and we'll see you soon. Bye. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being
3: held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents of children with disability. And today we're speaking to a media professional who's disrupting
2: stereotypes, challenging and changing representations in pop culture. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and sometimes the occasional F word. So you may not want your children to listen. You may choose to use headphones or earbuds or AirPods or whatever they're called, and that's just the way it is. That's why we got the little E, baby. That's right. (laughs) Hello Mandy. Hello Kate. Pod bar time. Yes here we are. I know it's starting to feel like a routine now yes. that we're back for the year. Yeah. So it's weird because today we're recording on a this week we're recording on a different day, throwing my whole week Me out. Me
3: too. I'm and The kids are like, what? Podcast on
2: a Thursday? I know. I was like, yep, what? <laughs> it's only because of lockdown we were, had the luxury of having yes, a day. Well, you
3: realise that. Yeah, and yeah. now we're like,
2: no, we're going to try and cling on to that.
3: Yeah, we were able to have a routine because yes. we couldn't do anything.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The work boys are working, but I am. Well, yeah. I suppose I'm working. Yeah, but we are. I'm not in a truck. So yeah, true, that's nice. true, true, true. <laughs> uh, would you like to introduce our guest?
3: Well, today we have a beautiful person that um, has been, we met through our Instagram page and seeing all her work through mm. Instagram. So would you like to introduce yourself?
4: Sure. Good morning, everybody. My name is Lisa Cox. Um, I'm in Brisbane at the moment. I'm a media professional speaker, writer and disability advocate, I suppose. Yes.
2: Yes. yes. Awesome hats. <laughs> Thank
4: you. <laughs> bit of everything. Yeah. yeah.
3: Good on you. Could you tell us about some music that you love to listen to, either in the good times or the tricky times?
4: Sure. I, I must say I'm fairly partial to a bit of doffed off and do not mind the old bit of techno. So. Yeah. I'm sort of sneaky. Sound system, dub pump. Oh yes. And it's in my ears at the gym. Yeah. If I'm listening to sort of '90s classic, play like Salt Pepper. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Pepper. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, in in downtimes, if I'm not listening to a podcast, I love just having bright, chappy people talking in my ear instead of music. But um yeah, I'll, I'll put the same sorts of things on and not, not really into the the size uh, somber music because that just make me feel worse yes
2: yeah. yes yeah, yes yeah. i remember when, when i went to my psychologist when the kids were little and she was like you just have to get all of that off your ipod that was back in the day yeah um you can't don't have that music don't even have access to it ah. which is you know spotify now you do but she was like if you just have happy music. Why do you need to listen to? Yeah, no lamenting that make you songs. Cry? Yeah. yeah. I can't
4: find country music. It's all about my my dog left me. Yeah. And... <laughs> That's Sorry, true. It's really, I love it, but oh god, country music. I know. Yes.
2: I know. Yeah. The, oh, it's very true. Yeah. It's very lamenting. It is. But lamenting. I think their lives were hard. I know. Fair enough. So yeah. It reflected their lives. And our next question: Did you win any awards at school?
4: Oh God, I really feel like I'm resting on my laurels here. This was, <laughs> <laughs> this was so long ago. Um but yeah, I did I, some of them were academic, but a lot of them were was sporting as well. So I played a, a ton of sport. Um I have disabilities now but didn't back then. So yeah, bit of bit of both and um was really proud of them at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Awesome. What was it what was your favourite sport or what
4: Volleyball. Ah. I was a mad keen volleyballer. Ah. So I was terrible when I started, and just all arms and legs and lanky. But by the end of it, um, I was captain in the national. Sorry, captain of the women's team at nationals. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just love that. I think I love the routine and the discipline and all those things that come with, come with team sport and competitive sport.
3: Yes. Yes. What about my favourite game, Newcombe? Did you play that?
4: I have no idea what that is. It's, no volley,
3: it's volleyball without, you, you're allowed to catch the ball and then you can throw it over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you now,
3: yeah.
4: Right. But, sorry. <laughs> I don't know
3: why that was called that, but I love that because it didn't, everyone, you could catch it and then you could throw it over instead of having to spike it or <laughs>
2: You know? Yeah, sort of takes yes. the skill away. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe
3: that was sort of what we learnt first and then we played volleyball. I don't know, but I, rem- I have fond memories of playing Newcombe. <laughs> oh,
2: never heard of it.
4: <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, yeah, kind of not the same. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: it's not the same. Oh, dear. Okay, and can you tell us why you're a member of the P-Tribe? Yeah, sure.
4: Well, as I as I mentioned before, I didn't have disabilities growing up and I don't have kids Disabilities, but I'm now an adult with disabilities and that I acquired in my early twenties. So, I pulled my parents through through living hell, mm. and I'm hoping that some peas in this tribe might be able to help me with what I'm trying to do around um, making disability more visible in mainstream popular culture and things like that. Yes, of oh, course, we're on board. Peas
2: are already on board. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah.
3: Can you tell us a little bit about what happened, what was happening yeah. at the time, how old you were? You tell us in your words.
4: Yeah, to, to I suppose, backtrack a little bit, I was living in Melbourne. Yeah. I was 24. I'd done what a lot of people my age had done, been to uni, got my degrees, moved into state for work.
5: Mm.
4: Um, I was at Melbourne Airport one morning and without any warning had a brain hemorrhage, mm. stroke. So I spent the next three weeks um, oh, what was it? That's right. Three weeks in a coma, two months on life support, and over a year in hospital. Oh after that. my gosh, Lisa! It was fun. Oh. And then, that's what I meant by putting my parents through a living hell because at the time they were told, come to Melbourne, we don't have police, so we'll be alive in the morning.
5: Oh.
4: And then every day they'd arrive at my hospital bed. Not knowing if I'd be there and hear the machines speaking, and am like, okay, cool, she's breathing. Um. So during that first year, uh, my left leg, all of my right toes, I, nine of my fingertips were amputated. I had, um, oh, I've had heart surgery twice, a total hip replacement. All the things that happened to old ladies at mm. age were happening to me at 25, 27. Mm. Um, and they're all of the I suppose the visible disabilities and scars and things you can see, but there's a lot going on with my brain injury, so I'm over 25% blind. Uh, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, clinically diagnosed anxiety, PTSD, Mm. things like Mm. that. Far more challenging on my life than than a wheelchair or a prosthetic leg and that is
2: not Interesting. Mm. Do you think that's because other people can't see it, so or
4: partially? I, I think partially, and I've spoke to a friend, a friend of mine who who also has a brain injury, except he's walking around with nothing um, apart from a, a small scar in his neck, like I have. And um, we joked about the fact that I'm quote unquote lucky to have a wheelchair <laughs> because people don't ask twice, or people don't make as, I mean, they still make a shit tonne of assumptions. Oh, yes. Uh, all that sorts of things. But um, I, I don't want to say they expect it of me, but they don't sort of look at me as, as strangely as they say, what the hell is wrong with you mm. if, I'm, if I'm doing something because the wheelchair, like, oh, she's disabled. Oh, we get it. Mm. It's, okay. it's so it's,
2: funny, it's funny how we're like, just so obsessed with everybody reflecting what we think is average or normal. So, and a lot of us really face that from the outside when they watch people treating our kids a certain way, especially if their disabilities are invisible. Um, And you just think, why do we make an assumption the minute we see someone that they are the same as us in some way, you know, like just because someone may be hearing impaired or speech impaired or have sensory issues and no, there's no allowance given for anyone. No, I don't know how we change that. That would be amazing. Well, we just got to keep talking yeah that's all we're keep gonna
4: keep do. give <laughs> <laughs> go. this from a non a non-parent point of view. I've seen a lot more a lot more conversations and discourse starting around around these sorts of things. so there is more awareness with the general public to just maybe not not assume but you're hundred percent right. just just keep talking and keep bringing attention to the exactly what we're talking about. not not everyone is like you.
2: No, No. which is makes life more interesting. It sure does. So when you were in hospital, your parents were living in Brisbane at the time? They were. They, my
4: mum, dad, sister and brother, both younger, a little bit, um, were all living in Brisbane and I was in Melbourne hospital. So they all flew down to Melbourne as fast as they could Mm. and then lived out of suitcases for two months and I I was sleeping on the hospital floor. Mm. Yeah. and then, yeah, I finally came off life support and well, my parents were told they might have to turn
2: it off at first. Oh, but
4: my gosh. Eventually, sure I came off the life support and they realised I'd have to be in hospital for quite some time and they decided Brisbane would be the best place for me since my sins. Right. and So I got to, um, I don't remember any of this, but mm. they called me an ambulance and wow. came back to Brisbane. Mm.
2: Oh, thank goodness. So can you remember being in hospital in Melbourne?
4: It, not a single bit. I, I, there are memories and I don't know if they're actual memories or just crap that I've just come up with myself. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: it's hard to <laughs> work that out. Yeah. So can you remember being at Melbourne Airport?
4: No, I have amnesia um, before and after the stroke, so I don't mm-hmm. remember the first few months in hospital. And even my memory... Before the stroke is is really compromised. So again, there are there are sort of memories, but I don't know if they're they're real or not. So I know I was in Melbourne Airport um, for work a couple of years ago, and I went into this this particular area of the airport. I'm like, oh my god, this is what happened. Yes. And it just what a heap of memories and feelings. But I, I don't know if it was or not. So who knows? The brains are funny old thing. It really, yeah. really I,
2: is. It really yeah. is. And so then you well, you ended up in Brisbane. And how long were you in hospital up there?
4: Uh what's I was already two, two months, and then another ten and a bit. Oh my 10, goodness. All up that first year was was over over a year. That is a long, That's time. A long time. Yeah, my, my anniversary was only two days ago or three, whatever. The twenty second of February. So
3: Right. That's when you had your stroke.
4: That's what yeah, I, I, my my anniversary. Yeah, well, you <laughs> remember <laughs>
3: it. Yeah, I, I don't
4: remember it at all. I just know yep.
2: that you know. The, yeah, thing. no, I know,
3: but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's an important date. Oh, for sure.
4: That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, that's so my sweet 16th, or it was my sweet 16th. and I figure I'll, um, I'm no longer forty. I'll just live, <laughs> like still having my twenty first.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? What happened in hospital over those ten months? That's a lot to talk about. But what stands out to you? What were the times that were hard? What were the times that were made easier? Or
4: oh, geez, that's a really big loaded question. Yeah. Like I was talking about. I'm trying to, I suppose, simplify it. It, it was. It wasn't all sunshine and roses no. and optimism and no. And I was on a lot of medication at the same time, mm. so I know uh, one one memory I have, or I don't have the first memory. So my left leg had to be amputated oh, yes. next. My family told me that, and I cried my eyes out. Woke up the next morning, no recollection whatsoever. I just could not remember. So obviously brain injury. No no memory. So my family decided, let's not tell her a few days. It'll be like grand whole day and just upset her. They they left it until I was, um, I suppose, retaining memories. Mm. They told me, and I just lost my shit again and Mm. was really, really, really upset. Um, Until finally I met another amputee who was about my age and she just walked into the room and I thought, this bitch, what does she know about amputations? <laughs> 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 yeah. anyway, she sat down and explained to me that she had both legs amputated, one arm and her other hand looked like mine with no fingertips. Mm. And she just casually explained how she'd done some study, just come back from Europe, was dating. I thought, holy crap, this yeah. this someone who's just getting on with life. And um, I suppose, and this is this is my fault is just as much. As anybody else's, but all I had in my head were the stereotypes about disability that I've been fed mm. through, through years of, of the culture.
5: That yeah.
4: I'm going to be terrible, I'm going to be miserable, I'll be. It's, it's just the worst imaginable thing mm-hmm. that can happen. Um, Turns out it's not. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that's, that's all I had in my head. So I had that's a. Right. a a few times like that, where, where meeting people like that really changed it for me, and that's one reason why I'm so or I encourage other people to as well share their stories, mm. not in an inspirational porn kind of way. No, 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 mm, that's right. It is, it is really important for those of us, and even parents who have a child with a disability, to have that. Um, and I don't want to use the word role model, but uh, someone who can they, they can look to and go, okay, that is. That's not the representation
3: that the media is giving me. No, no,
2: that's right. And even the hospital or the doctors and professionals, and I know it's their job to sort of give you that worst-case scenario and this and this and this, but... It, you know, you want to, I think that the doctors need to sort of hang out with real estate agents for a little bit because real estate oh, agents can put a positive spin on anything.
4: Absolutely right. You yeah. know,
3: they can you know, there is no toilet in this toilet room,
2: but, but the most amazing thing is you can now create this to be the oasis oh, that you've yeah. always wanted the toilet to be. <laughs> you're okay. Just like you, they, they can talk. So I think there needs to be a little bit of a mesh. Oh, there does. <laughs> You're
4: right. <Hilarious laughs> that. You were
2: absolutely,
4: 100 correct. I'm oh, yes. um, When I, whether I was speaking to a doctor or a, a friend over coffee, um, I, I don't like sugar coated optimism. Mm, and, no. But hey, I, I like to be told the hard truth, yes. even if it sucks and hurts a bit. But that's that's just personally how I prefer to communicate. Yes. But. Um, yeah, there there are, are are certainly times when a little bit of a little bit of optimism yeah. done, doesn't go astray. My dad, for example, is the epitome of optimism, and when I was first told that all of my fingertips were going to be amputated, he was like, "Oh, but you get to keep one!" No. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so, 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 so. excited. Yeah, Having those people around me was, was also good um, mm. because I, I had the doctors at one end telling me the, the brutal truth, which is great, and then I had Dad on the other side <laughs> of the celebrating the fact that I would get to keep one fingertip. One fingertip, fingertip.
2: yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Dad's.
4: dads oh, no.
3: He special. would have been in pain and he just, you know. Oh. They yeah, just—I I mean, I, mine I, would I, say silly stuff too. He'd grab my daughter's hand, and it was tightly in a fist, and he'd be like, "See, see, I can open her fingers. I can open it." And I was uh, like, "Yeah, but she can't." Yeah.
2: <laughs> no. But they, they want to be they wanna there and support or try him and fix him and yeah. things, or and you'd put him through hell, no fault of your he, own. <laughs> both of
4: my parents living hell. I've, mm. I've, I've said before that it, you know, when something happens to me, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, Something happens to somebody else, be it my husband or my parents and sister, and mom, I, I just I crumble and yep. heave. And um, I'm better dealing with things when they happen to me. But if if the roles had been reversed and something happened to a loved one, then I I certainly would not have handled it the same way. No. Well,
3: We no. all just try our best. Yeah. you're yeah, Probably just was. so happy
2: you're alive. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a horrible plane flight. I know because my father did pass away from a stroke, but he was older. Um but I had to fly to the UK and on that plane, which is a long time, I was like is he going to be alive when I get there? Is he going to be alive when I get there? And he was, but he we didn't he couldn't speak or anything, but it's no in the air you can't communicate with anyone, so no one can text you and say it's fine, so your poor yeah. parents. Mm.
4: Yeah, I I know and this is 16 years ago, so pre all the social media yes. and like, I think Facebook was just, just
3: happening. Outside.
4: Yeah. I so, yeah, couldn't communicate and say, oh, they could probably text on the really old phone. Yeah. But, yeah Whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A-A-A-B-B-B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there, there wasn't that community support. No. So, yeah,
2: so... Just unimaginably shit. Yes, people and like, they were like, in a different city. <laughs>
3: what happened to your like your friends? Were they on board? Were they by your side? Did
4: people come and go? Some of them, some of them hung around, but very few did, to be honest. Mm. And yeah, that sucked at the time, but it's it's probably been a blessing in disguise because I don't, I've always taken the opinion that true friends are there in in good times and bad times. Mm, yeah. So. They probably weren't real decent friends to begin no. with, and if they would fallen off the wagon when when something happened, then then um, it's it's probably a good chance they would have fallen off the wagon. If I hadn't got sick, yes. If I got married, or if I, if something yeah. else might be great happened in years years to come, or something really horrible.
3: Can you remember yeah. when your leg was amputated? <laughs> Can
4: May 30th. <laughs> May 30th. I, I only remember that date because it's also a friend's birthday. Ah. <laughs> um yes, I do. And I I do remember that day. I'd retain been retaining my memories by then. So mm. could could remember all of that. The my leg, my foot was was septic at the time. So I was it needs to go. It was it was poison in my body basically. Mm. So I was having these really, really hot hot flushes, I don't know what yeah, to call them. Yeah. I had to be freezing cold and Dad would pile the blankets on me and then mm. two I was just hot and cold, hot and cold. So yeah. it really was not a, a good thing to, to have attached, but no. um, it absolutely needed to happen.
2: So can you explain why ah. from having a stroke or aneurysm that your limbs limb needed to be amputated?
4: Yeah, sure. So because obviously there's lots of stroke victims who don't have mm. hepatitis, but what happened with me, I had my stroke and it sort of all snowballed. Then all my organs shut down. So every every single one I was being kept alive by machines. Mm. And when all my organs shut down, and they put me on some medication, which um, in my my non-medical explanation, put all the blood back. From my vital organs, sorry, from my extremities, my hands and feet, uh. in my vital organs. So my heart and liver and kidneys all had blood flow. But that meant that all my extremities, hands, feet, even my nose all turned black mm. and had to be chopped off. Fortunately, I got to keep my nose. Mm. But um, at in the in the early days my arms and legs were, were all blotchy, blotchy black. So the fact that I only lost toes and fingertips and one leg, that's pretty awesome because right. originally it looked like all four limbs would go and things. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked that it is it is what it is, even though it would still be nice to have legs sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I think
2: it would be. <laughs> yes. <What? laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And when you when you came home from hospital, did you move back in with your parents?
4: I sure did. Yeah,
2: moved back home with Tom
4: and Dad, and I was twenty five by then. So, yep. hospital was a shock to the system. But geez, moving back home with Tom and oh. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> I loved them, but uh, that was a shock to the system as well. I so bet. Not not having the same independence and abilities, yeah. and so um having and understandably they were they were worried about me so I drink a lot of coffee and I wanted to just be able to do the basics like make myself a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Dad insisted that I wear a plastic apron so I wouldn't pour boiling water on myself.
2: Oh. Things
4: like that. So I had to I suppose prove prove myself in some yeah. ways that I was capable of um you know, being left alone. They wanted me to get a um, oh, what are they called? Do you know, those emergency alarms. Yes, yes. yes. I get to where it, yeah. Yeah. They wanted to get one of those, but I was a bit stubborn. I'm like, no, I can, I can do it. So yeah. it, it took a few months before they they leave me, leave me alone, and those sorts of things. But they were just. Amazing, so <laughs> it must
3: have been enormous. I can't even imagine what to ask you in terms of what, how you were coping with all of that.
4: Um, I I was sad and confused, but at the same time, I was so grateful to be alive. Yes. And, holy shit! This how how lucky was I? Because I wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't expected to be here. So everything. Whether it was making yeah. a cup of coffee for myself, or it was, it was such a joy. I'm like, look at me, I'm doing this, and yes. like, You're coming was, back to your new normal. Um, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I suppose I was, I was relearning so many tasks over again in the early days back in hospital. Yes, nursing, feeding, brushing my own teeth, um, learning to do all of that again. But then, as I got out of hospital, just simple things like being able to stand at the kitchen bench. That was my my milestone. I know you guys talk a lot about milestones. (laughs) I had some crazy-ass milestones. Oh, tell us some of them. Tell us. even even just being able to take myself to the loo and shower myself, really basic stuff like that, Um, I had to go back in the hospital for more surgery on my my shaded toes, my foot wasn't healing properly. And so every morning I'd have to have a shower with the my bag wrapped around
5: yep.
4: my waterproof, and just yeah, some some really, really basic stuff that I was kind of stubbornly determined. I, I knew I couldn't do everything again. Yeah. But I was just determined to have a, a certain level of independence. So back in the early days, um, I was like, I'm going to walk again. This is it. I'm going to walk. yeah. Yep. And I'm not. Like, I'm not going to be there with you. I'm going to walk. So I spent all day in the hospital walking up and down the hospital wards with one of those big walking frames. Yeah, yep. And then when I came home from hospital, Dad and I, every afternoon, we'd go down to the you know, park, the local cricket pitch, and on a little wheelie really walker like the old yep. ladies I helped have, it take me about an hour to walk a lap of the cricket field, and that was that was my mindset. I'm going to walk yes. again. Yeah. Yes. To the point, where I'm like, "This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? I'm gonna, I was. I was just. My entire life was was rehab. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I thought, why don't I just be okay with being in a chair? Because I wasn't safe. This is the other thing. I wasn't safe to do any of this walking. Right. <laughs> Dad hovering a meter away for the entire trip, yeah. Trigger trip the cricket oval, there was no independence, no freedom. I thought, screw this! So now I'm in a wheelchair and I, when I can, and there's not COVID, go everywhere around the world. Yes, yes. it is the best so yes. much freedom and so much independence. And I don't know what i was thinking <laughs> i first thought no i can't i can't be in a wheelchair and- i think it's- a
3: lot of parents will probably relate to that mm. in when they have a child with maybe cerebral palsy or and you know the main drive is to get them to walk and then yeah. that accepting of moving to a wheelchair is a really big moment and so i you know i think our peas will understand that from their perspective yeah
4: quality of life i mean uh. definitely everyone i don't want to speak to everyone but my quality of life just skyrocketed. The minute I I changed that mindset of the only way to live is to mm-hmm.
2: walk
4: to so, you know what, I'm loving life on yeah. full wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so be it. I
2: know. And I suppose you know, it's a little bit better now, but growing up there was no representation of people living happy lives in wheelchairs. That's right. They'd roll them out at charity days and, you know, everyone was supposed to feel sad that this person, you know, the, I remember having mum and dad had like a little bench on the, a little tin on the bench that you put your coins in it, and had a child in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what were we giving money to that child? And for, also you know? they
3: weren't as, um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't speak from experience with the wheelchairs, but uh, they look to me like they've improved.
2: Yeah, they were, they're much better.
4: Sure. And I mean, I haven't had mine for 16 years, but even in that short amount of time, when I think of the, the clunky ones that I had in the early days to now, it's, yeah, massive, massive changes. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yep. And so you were pre pre NDIS. So you've got some experience with having a disability before NDIS, and are you on it now?
4: I certainly am. Yeah. I certainly. I was working with the NBIs very awesome.
5: briefly.
4: I down Parliament House, met Julia Gillard. Yeah, uh, right. Days before she, before it all happened. Yeah. So I saw a little bit of the of the happenings behind the scenes as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on the NBIs now
3: yeah um I probably just wanted to go back a bit because I've jumped onto that with the NDIS tell us a little bit about how did so once you made the move to the wheelchair then was was there then a moment when you're like I want to get back to working I want to reclaim some of that
4: oh I was my my background was I was a copywriter in advertising agency so I had degrees in media, business communications and media, ah. and I'd sit there, in tea, uh, sit there in hospital, watch the television screen and just rewrite the scripts in my head. So part of my job <laughs> was writing TV scripts or magazine copy or, or something like that. Um, and in my naive opinion, I was like, oh, I'm just in a wheelchair. That's okay. So we talk about able-bodied people making assumptions and, and those sorts of things, but I fooled myself <laughs> I <didn't laughs> realized that a brain injury was that was what it was basically. Yeah. Um, so I went back into an advertising agency, started working, my ads were getting approved by clients and getting produced and loved it. But then I was like, oh hang on, I'm I can't quite work like I used to. Yes. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, this brain injury thing—it's actually a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it took took me a while to realize that. Um, so it was it was the only then that I started looking at the industry and the the other industries, probably culture, media, and and fashion, everything I suppose that's not representing disability, and thought, mm. I mean. A fairly unique position. what yes. Let me do something about yes. this. So I'm held,
2: don't I? Yeah, amazing. So you've got a huge social media presence. Was that, has that evolved or did you like go hard and decide to really smash it?
4: <laughs> it's definitely evolved if you scroll back for about five or six years <laughs> <laughs> TV posting once a month somewhere. Yeah. yeah just of my coffee cup or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we all, all did that, that.
5: <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a history there <laughs> so it's it's only been in the last in the last few years I suppose I've really um got a bit a bit clearer and found um, connected with people who who have similar similar views and ideas? I Maybe mean, we bounce off each other about how how to do things better and mm. other avenues that can take that that message down. So it's evolved more in the last few years than it was six years ago. Yeah,
2: yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's amazing social media. I know it can be really bad. Yeah, we do, uh, but
4: it, it can be bullshit. But for someone with disability, whether you have one or you've got a shot, it's I, I cannot imagine my life without it
1: because yeah. I can't get out and
4: about now. Yeah, that is my I'm, that's that's my social connection a lot mm. of the time. That's
3: what I was going to ask. Did you did you meet people? Was there Facebook groups? How did you meet other people similarly?
4: Yeah, so I've met met some people on um, Facebook groups and things like that. I uh, have connected with people through social media. One thing I will add the for the piece as well. Um, and I've I've mentioned this before in other presentations, that social media is bloody brilliant, but it can also be really, really damaging sometimes, Mm. especially in the disability sector. Mm. There's some people there who probably need, and I I don't want to sound horrible and generalised, probably need to be doing some some more work, um, speaking to a professional and, you know how, there's that like quote about you—the equivalent, or you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Yes. So on social media—if you're in a Facebook group where all anyone is doing is bitching and moaning—and it's justified so much of the time—but there's really, really angry, angry people, mm. and that's that's going to drag you down over time if that's all you're feeding yourself.
2: So mm. true. But it's so I true.
4: Say that anger and everything's not justified because oh. so often it
2: is. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is, and it, there are real moments for it, and yeah. sometimes, sadly, it promotes change. You know, yes. um, but there, oh. are, yeah, you can't, you can't live like that, and you can't, you know. I get outraged, and I'll see something on TV, and I'll email someone, or I'll, you know, call Mandy or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes you then have to let that go because otherwise, I just become that. Yeah. I don't want my kids to think that I'm angry all the time because of how awesome they are. If
3: yeah. I'm not. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah, that's very true. Very very true.
3: So tell us some of the main parts of your work.
4: Like I said, I wear, wear a lot of different hats, but yeah. I, I, as a writer by trade, so I still write, write for media yeah, and, and things like that. But doing. Doing work in, in disability advocacy, finding a way to, I suppose, bring together my media background and my lived experience in disability. So I've I've spoken to a lot of brands and businesses who try and be maybe inclusive or represent disability, but there's there's no one there in the marketing department or writing the writing the ad of the copy who has that, that lived experience and can understand the nuances mm. of not turning something into inspirational porn. or yeah. one like that. Um. Yes, yeah, so I've been I've been working a bit with brands, businesses, even journalists, um, teaching them how how to do things better. And that comes back to them not just being not just being bitter and angry and bitching about it on Twitter. Because mm-hmm. I I try to think about my advocacy in that. How would I have liked to have been spoken to mm-hmm. as a funny well, you're a year-old copywriter in an advertising agency who wanted to be diverse and inclusive, but mm. just didn't have the skill set, the language, that's just right. out basically. And I certainly wouldn't want to have been abused on Twitter, even though it wasn't around then.
2: Yeah,
4: I really needed someone to go listen. This is this is how to do it. This is what to include in your script or not include. Mm. And so that's the approach that I try to take these mm. days. It's
2: the calling in, the
3: calling in instead of calling out. Yeah.
4: Like, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, it's
3: really uh
2: oh, it's life changing. It is life changing because we yeah. all do things every inadvertently day. that hurt people uh, every day. You know, because we I'm don't, we that's have like actually
4: all the time. Yes, all the time, and I don't don't know that that's wrong unless someone, and I say, calls me out. But calls me yeah. out nicely. Yeah, I listen into my DMs and says, you know, that that was a bad idea or something. Mm. I don't go out of my way to be an asshole. No, and that, in working with with journalists in the past, um, both as someone who's writing and as a subject matter, they don't grind of their way to be complete assholes. No, they don't. They, they don't know. So, and that's that's fair enough. I've you know, I've been there. I can yeah. see both mm. sides of the coin.
2: That's true. <laughs> And there are people who are just arseholes. They're always going to be arseholes. We don't have to worry about them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They don't matter. They don't, they, you have to ignore them. That's the ridiculous messages that you just delete straight away and you're like, whatever. So, yeah. yeah. And the rest of the people, I like to think most people are good.
4: Yeah. No, I, I go in with that. Mm. That might that most most people do mean well and yep. everyone has more going on than, than Instagram or something. If they are
5: having, you know, talking
4: shit, then I think they might have something going on in their own life as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's
3: right. That's right. Yeah. Well that's yeah, There's triggers everywhere.
2: There really is. Yeah. yeah.
3: Tell us about did you you moved out of home? <laughs> yeah, what was that like? Where did you move? What was the house like?
4: I only moved five minutes away oh, to an apartment. So still had to stay close to mum and dad and close yes. to the hospital. But I, I was talking about 80 years older. Need to live close to a hospital. Hospital.
3: No, uh, I will never move away from the Royal Children's until we're not there. So yeah. I understand that. <laughs> yep.
4: So, um uh, yeah, close enough for, for mum to come around every day. Yes. Yeah. Um as it as it turned out the, the apartment was awesome for me to get a wheelchair around and be hundred percent independent, but I wanted to be close to a gym because that was again going back all those years, I'm yeah. gonna walk again, I just have to go to the yeah. gym. Yes. Wow. Um but because I'm a bit piss weak in my arms <laughs> Point of, of muscle. Yeah, uh, mum still had to pick me up every single morning and drive me five hundred meters to the gym yes. across my mm. So yeah, I lived I lived there for a, for a number of years. She
3: wouldn't um, have minded that. She would be like that. She would be happy to see you every day, probably.
4: She didn't. She didn't mind. I, I, I must say, my parents never once made me feel like a burden, even though I did that through no fault of theirs. They they were nothing but awesome. But,
2: no. Because you wouldn't have been a burden. No, they love you. Bloody glad you lived. Yes.
4: I have. I have no doubt that I was. But it it doesn't matter because
2: does the love comes first? Yeah, love. Love cancels out burden. Yeah, it does.
4: To to anyone out there with which all your listeners are with disabled children, you fucking rock. Seriously. As, As I said before, if this happened to somebody else. I'd be a mess. If it happened to me, I'm okay. So mm. I have so much love and respect and admiration for my parents and parents of all um, the children with disabilities, whether they're required or something they're born with because mm. you do a Fantastic job. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> the peas will be glad
2: to hear it. Yeah,
3: they will. <laughs> we don't need any pumping up, but the peas do. <laughs> yeah. well,
4: there's people in all
3: different situations, there really and is. there's days where it's tough. Mm. Right, yeah. to
4: be able to say it or express it yeah right whatever, yeah. even, but know that they are grateful as fuck for what you were doing, even though you mightn't you know, doing something for the 10th time
3: that day. and Yeah. I know that
4: even if they can't say it, say it the right way, that they they really are grateful. Yeah. yeah.
3: My daughter will say thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: definitely. But they're also teenagers. So. But this morning I, I gave her
3: a kiss when she was out the door and she said, I farted at the same time I kissed you. <laughs> I said, thanks. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: Shopify's there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
3: Okay, so you moved out, you're in your own
4: place. and, and then I met my husband. Yeah. So went back on the dating scene and that was shit. Tell yeah. us, What's tell us why. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, there were some nice guys, but there were also a lot of assholes out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so different Different sorts of people, and I suppose I was—I was lucky, and I had a, a friend with disabilities who'd given me a few warnings about look out for, for this sort of guy. Yeah. And, um, the ambulance chasers was what she called them, yeah. and the guys who were going to be your night and shining up and save you from a miserable life with uh, disability swoop on in and no thanks. Yeah, actually, I met a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> But, um yeah met met my husband and then lived lived apart for quite some time and then decided that we wanted to live together and yeah the the rest is is history so
2: and does he, he he doesn't he works outside the home in mean, Melbourne no one works outside the home but
4: <laughs> <laughs> he does he works in the city so I'm. Mostly home, working from home, yeah. but I go out for meetings and, and things like that. So yeah, it,
2: but you used to travel a lot for work pre-COVID.
4: Um, mainly in the I probably travelled more pre, pre-COVID. I um I used to work in advertising agencies, yeah. but pre-COVID I was I was travelling quite a bit. Yeah, could it be be meetings or speaking or, or mm. something, something else.
2: And how did COVID affect you?
4: out oh, I I know it's been absolutely bullshit for some people and I almost had to say this. but oh,
3: You I'm, say your truth. I'll
4: be fine. I'm fine. Okay. My life is no different from yes. what it's been for the last 16 years. That's what a lot different.
3: of our peers said.
4: Yeah. My gym closed down and the coffee shop closed down and they were my first world problems. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that a if there's one silver lining in COVID, it's that people are finally understanding how, how shit isolation shit is. is. Yes. Um, and I, I wrote a piece about this for the Cambridge Times and about the, the lack of representation, not just for people in the, the disability sector, but whether it's a new mom at home or a mother of a disabled child and mm. even my groups and people like that, we're not hearing their voices in all of the discourse about about COVID. We're only hearing from, and I'll generalise again, sort of white middle class yes.
5: mm.
4: journalists, and it's sort yes. like one view of COVID. But we can learn so much yeah. from from people who have that lived experience. Like I'd, I'd love to hear from a, a new migrant, for example, how yes. they got through months and years of, of isolation mm. and just being by themselves at home. And isolation was something that I'd had a bit of experience with because one of the um issues that I had in hospital, it's called RRSA. It's kind of like a, I don't know, my, my non-medical opinion. <laughs> like a super bug, a yeah. really, really bad bug.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, so I was in an isolation ward for for certain parts of that, and it was just me in a room with four walls, and oh. this is before, before smartphones. Yeah. So I spend the day scrolling on Instagram, but I was in there for for weeks and yes. learning how to overcome isolation. And it wasn't just once; there were there were multiple times I was in the isolation ward. Um So as far as I'm concerned, COVID's just been a lot, a lot easier for me. I know it's it's been horrible for, for a lot of people. I've mm. been very, very fortunate in Brisbane. But um, it has certainly brought, I suppose, front empathy to, to people who I'd previously bitched in my bad isolation and sort of get the raised eyebrows. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, now they're, they're starting to I get. Got a
2: taste like, of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
4: horrible, horrible way for it to happen, but.
2: It is what it is. it is, and I think you know. I remember when I was just home with the kids when they were little, and I wasn't at that point working. And people saying, "Oh, I'd give anything to just be able to be home." Well, not the same as isolation. You're like, "No, actually, I'm just really lonely, and I I don't like being." Yeah. You know, like so now. Once people have had the lived experience of being home for six months, I think there's yeah. a lot more empathy. Yeah.
5: Hmm.
3: yeah. Did can you tell us a little bit about? Um, your role in fashion?
4: Sure. So that's something I've um, been doing a doing a bit more of. So I I'm only pausing because it feels a bit funny sometimes to say I'm a model. Oh no, you tell <laughs> so us. <it>. Tell <laughs> us. I didn't, I didn't go to university to become a model. <laughs> but I, um, I suppose my my core focus has been on changing representations in mainstream popular culture. Yes. Not in politics or government or anything like that. You can't can't change policy. So I looked at all the areas of pop culture that I can um influence or have an impact on or do do something with. And fashion was one of them. I sat down with a girlfriend one day and went, Why do we never see wheelchairs? Yes. And being, being representative of all disabilities. Yes. Was, we never see disability. I'm like, mm, red carpets, yeah, Car walks, and we came up with a few ideas and and then just went right. Let's let's do it. Let's get on those. <laughs> so, awesome. Um, yeah, just just been um, doing doing some modelling, doing um, some runway shows and photo shoots for both inclusive fashion, so fashion that's designed specifically for people with disabilities, yep. but also um, advocating for mainstream mm. brands to use disabled people in their advertising and communicate to us in their advertising in some way because I can't walk but I can shop and my credit card works. Yes, I, of course. <laughs> I want to spend those dollars with brands and businesses that mm-hmm. speak to me, represent me. Marketing 101.
3: Um, oh, it's so obvious. Uh, I, hurry
4: up. Not, not just me but my sister and brother and yes. friends. There's millions of us out there so it's I, I try to come in it um, as both a, a social justice, moral, morally responsible thing to do. Mm. But it's also a bloody good business. Yes, There's it is. A good market share out yes. there. Yes. Um, at least 20% of um, mm. people with mm. plus their, their family, friends, carers, mm. who are just waiting for, for someone to shop, waiting for a brand to recognize that or value their, their dollar. Yeah, that dollar. I
3: remember um, I'm friends with Emily Pryor's yeah. mum and she um, has cerebral palsy, She's a little bit younger than my twins. But I remember she was up in Target in a big banner with her AFOs and I took my girls in and I said, look, mm. look That's at those, AFO- cool. I could cry, look at those AFOs that you've got on your legs that no one else wears in our community mm. and look at her yeah. up there in Target where we go every day. Mm. It was just, yeah. it's incredible and hurry up world more and more and more. Come oh, on. Sure.
4: Parker has done some amazing work. I've seen, seen a few things through my Instagram feed. Mm. And that's the other thing. When, when businesses or brands do something great like that, they don't have to spend millions of dollars patting themselves on the back and doing another campaign to say, hey, look how good we." we. Yeah, just, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like myself and you guys and other people, I saw something on Dylan Orcop's feed race and like, mm. we'll promote it for you. Yes. I yell and scream and make sure everybody sees that bloody ad with the girl with the AFOs or whatever yeah, it is. Yes. It's <laughs> amazing.
2: Yeah, mm. it is. And I think also to me, even if you don't live with a disability or with anyone in your life with a disability, you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's more of a representation of what the world is. I'll shop there because they're actually just, that's for everybody. It's like the inclusive schools. You know, we've had P's ring
3: up and say, I've asked specifically how many kids with disabilities at this school. I want my kid to go to one.
2: Yeah. It's like when fashion, you know, stops at a size 14 and a lot of Australian women, me included, are bigger than that. And so then you're like, well, you're losing all that money. I know, it's so obvious. We're not allowed to be nude. (laughs)
4: <laughs> when it comes when it comes to
2: fashion I suppose
4: diversity it's it's been on the agenda for a little while but it's likely been around size diversity yes. and diversity mm. and once I was interviewing designers on a red carpet of a fashion show and they were all talking about oh we're so diverse our collection is so diverse and puffing up their chests and real proud of themselves so I was like yay let's let's see this and while you know it was great to see plus size models and um models with different ethnicities and skin tones and things there wasn't one ounce of disability no yeah disability and i've I've said before that disability is the least palatable form of diversity so everyone's getting on board now with oh we need a whether it's plus size or someone of a different color but
2: um
4: disability still especially in the fashion industry will will not make a make any visibility. Yeah. will not die.
2: Yeah. The least palatable. It's so true. Oh. Mm. But we think the most palatable. We do. That's right. That's right. No. Yeah. We just think people are people but anyway. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh. You're doing amazing work. Yeah, you really Were are. You we'll meant- tell our peas to follow you on Insta. Yeah, we'll put it all in the show notes. Car Were Instagram you meant is to go to
3: New York Fashion Week, or did you get there?
4: Bit of both.
3: Bit of both. I, okay. I
4: virtually, I virtually got there. Ah. I, was, <laughs> I was supposed to be going over. Oh. Um, so that was that was pretty exciting. You New know, York Fashion Week to me. yes. In. yes. Uh, but of course, nobody could go anywhere. I couldn't even. Go down to the cafe. Oh, <laughs> disappointing! Yeah, virtually I went over there, um, and a couple of months before that, I was supposed to go to Philadelphia for another another um, runway show, and so that was bloody COVID. Yes, yeah, that was fun as well. But um, yeah, luckily I got to do things like Mercedes Benz runways and panels. And, and things like that, just here in Brisbane. Mm. Um, but yeah, New York Fashion Week, unfortunately, couldn't yeah. get
3: over. Oh, there. I hope you get to do that again Come one on, day. Come on, vaccine work. Yeah. <laughs> How do you cope with traveling? How do you manage that?
4: Uh, I'm not. I'm not awesome. Mm. Uh, so, uh, I have a pressure injury. Mm. I can't. If anyone has any medical background, it was a stage four pressure injury on my sacrum. Mm. I basically, got that from lying um, lying flat in the bed on my swap for two months. Mm. And that still today causes me more pain than, mm. than most wow. things. Even now, when I go in and see some really awesome looking cafe chairs, I, just can't, I can't sit, sit, on, sit them. on them. I know they're just Wood or cement or yes, <laughs> so,
2: yes. You
4: know, everything in my in my house is, is padded. Yes, mm. my butt, including my shower chair. Yes, so yep. I, I still have a lot of problems with that. And um, sitting for long periods on a plane, mm. I have peripheral neuropathy yes. or you no know, pain in my in my remaining foot mm. that flares up, or my my joints get angry at me for uh, not. I suppose, for dehydrating myself because I don't have a catheter or anything like that. Yes. So I need yes. to go to the And to prevent that, I just don't drink water. Yep. yes Um. And so my body is a, a bit of a mess by the, yeah. the time I, I finished flying. And Melbourne is about my limit, I think. Yes. So three hours on a plane and then I'm, I'm not much of a happy camper. So yep. we try and go to Singapore once, but. Yeah, once once again that
5: didn't
4: didn't work too well. So we have been to America, but it was it was a living hell. <laughs> so yes. I'll back there because I have family and friends, but over there. But um, yeah, I don't know if that'll be happening anytime soon because I, I need a flatbed to. Yeah, just
2: need I'm to alive. give you first yeah, class. Yeah, they do first class oh, lie down. That? That's what they need to give yes. you. And yeah, maybe so yeah yeah. <laughs> this is very clear. <laughs>
4: yes. Um it's it's not a result of wanting wanting free champagne. No, 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 no. I'd love the aisle if they let me, seriously. Yes. I just need to be able to um stretch myself out of or even, course. Uh, even um roll roll myself over on both sides. But what I did discover in my last or my only trip to um to America was that I think it was in New Zealand they have this thing called the oh the the sky couch or yeah. something like. Uh, if your other listeners might be interested, you know who have who have kids who need the extra room because you basically have to be a kid to fit in it. Mm. Um They add these uh, attachment things to the to the chair that basically makes it like a, a double size bed. Ah. Oh. Find this really, really poorly. Please <laughs> <do that. laughs>
2: we can look it up. People can exactly. Google it. <laughs>
4: but, yeah, do do have a look if there's if there's peace out there who are looking for other ways to travel who might need some some additional help with with restrictions for movement and everything. Mm. But that's the the only reason or the only way we could get over to there. I'm nearly six foot tall, so for me it wasn't great. No. Um, I still had to curl myself up and you can't curl up prosthetic legs, so. No. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, no, you definitely, you you can't even go business. You have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're telling the world.
3: <laughs> How Do you put the prosthetic leg on every day?
4: I do. Every morning I get up and get dressed, put my leg on and then take it off when I go to sleep. And I've, I've done speaking to little kids before and they ask, you know, what what do you do with your leg when you have a shower? I'm like, well, you don't need to take your shoes off for, for a shower and to go to bed. I did the same thing. I take one shoe off and my leg. And that's it. So it comes off only for sleeping and having a shower. Right. Yeah.
2: And does it cause you pain or discomfort the where it slits slots in?
4: I uh, not not generally. Okay. Um I don't have any phantom pain or anything like that, but I have developed um like pressure injuries and things like that mm. in the past, um, from it perhaps not not fitting correctly and mm. kind of kind of funny or I laugh about it anyway. But you know, women worry about um, putting on weight because they won't fit into their jeans. And uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> because I won't fit into my freaking legs. Yes,
3: <laughs> that I'll is very it. important. That's right up there in targeted <laughs> weight, you know,
4: worries. Plus, Last time I, I did
3: put on weight, I got a fresh injury from it.
4: So Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, <it's,
3: laughs> I know that just through watching the girls with their AFOs. Every year we have to get new ones through all the growth. Mm. And then I was yeah. like, right, now we stop growing. This won't change. But then, yeah, COVID, relax, put on some weight. Calf, can't get in there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's true. You can't have sort of like your tracksuit day leg and then your yeah. other leg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need that. You need that. Yeah. <laughs> what
3: um? What about how how do you buy shoes for your prosthetic? Can you buy two of? Is it the same size as your other four or Do you have to buy different yes, sizes? No, no,
4: because my foot has no toes. It's like a size five. Yeah. And my prosthetic has is size nine. Yep. I just I just buy a size nine and um deal with the the space in the front. Do of my, you? Yeah. So. I don't wear open-toed shoes yep. because it would yeah. There's there's nothing there for them, so I tend to wear um oh, what do you call it? Like boots and things like yes. that. So yeah. Very recently, I haven't got it yet, so it's very very exciting. I'm getting prosthetic toes.
3: Ah.
4: Oh. Oh. I'm excited. Why? Right. <laughs> Tell us about them. I've been wearing jeans and boots in the middle of Brisbane. So oh, you'd be boiling. Not, uh, because it yeah I. Just just do. I mean, it's fucking hot. Yes. yes. So I'm getting prosthetic toes, not for cosmetic reasons because I really don't care what I look like, but yeah. just so I can wear open-toe shoes yeah. and they'll stay on my foot. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So my, my leg person, they have a proper name, but I called them a the leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, they're making making me some toes at the moment. And so, how does that
3: go? Do they just do you put them on every day the same as your leg or?
4: Well, I won't I won't wear them unless I'm wearing the open toe shoes. Yeah, okay. So I'll probably run to game mart and grab grab some sandals. But I'm just I'm just thrilled that I can wear wear some normal normal shoes and be, be cool and yes. I can't come. It'll be too
3: hard. Yeah, <sighs> shoes are such a big part of the disability world that I just the everyday person just do not understand.
4: No. I was I was a, a shoe fiend before, yeah. and I was so distraught at having to give up my shoe collection. Yes. I made at home and gave them all to my sister. I bet. <laughs>
3: you don't want to look at them. It reminds you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, mm.
2: uh, now you you've written a book. Have you written a book. Am I making that up?
4: Yeah, don't yeah. know.
2: No, you've got- <laughs> you were just looking at me like, no, I have not written a book.
4: Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, yeah, so I I did the first one's called "Dust My Bum, This Out. That was media literacy and body image. So oh. I was talking to a lot of teenage girls at the time about body confidence and body image, and this was before I got more into disability advocacy and just mm. talking to them about how... One talking about disability a little bit, but speaking to them, um, as I suppose as able bodied kids, mm. I mean, you can, you can look different and be okay and still love your body, quite mm. covered in scars and missing pieces, but it works, and that's that's pretty cool,
5: yeah.
4: So, I talk them through all of those things because it turns out 17 year old girls have had quite a few hang ups, yes, without disabilities, without yes,
3: they sure do, mm. yep.
4: So I'd always leave, and then always be more questions, and I'd never have enough time. So I put put a little book together that basically was a behind the scenes look of my time in media, and this is how we edit photos, and this is what we do to the photos. And so by the time you see them on your screen or in the magazine back then, they were magazines. Yeah. <laughs> um, the models they don't even look like the models because we've we've edited them that much, and. I wish someone had told me when I was seventeen that those images aren't real. There's this mm. crazy thing called Photoshop because I'd look in back then Dolly magazine, Yeah. Oh, my skin's not like that. Oh. Uh. Um I just I just had had no clues. So that wasn't wasn't specifically about, about disability and such. But then I moved more into the into the advocacy space. But, I do write and speak for disabled and and non-disabled people. So a lot of my Instagram content, yes, is about my stories about disability or something. But I'll, I'll add that this isn't just a disability thing. I yep. guess it's relevant to everyone. Just mm. the um, you know, apply whatever is more relevant to your situation. Yeah.
3: And was there a second but, book? Was that your first book? Is have you got a second one?
4: Yeah, that's a, a basically a version for the boys. Ah, yeah.
3: Oh, tell us mm. about it. The
4: same. The same, the same, again, media literacy and yeah. what do you mean? But more of a focus on the muscles and things. Ah, uh, yeah. Like just the boys and, mm. and those, those sorts of things because mm. there wasn't, um, there was some really great recent stuff out there from academics and, and people like that, but there was nothing. No, For the young people themselves, so I don't talk about the book much these days because it's it's old, old as magazines. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: Things change so quickly, don't they?
4: Mm. No, I know, but I I do work um, with beautiful minds, speaking about young people to anxiety about um, anxiety and depression now, Mm. and still bring in a lot of those things about body confidence Mm. and body image and. A, you know, make it applicable to scroll through Instagram or what's yeah. on yeah. the screen.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, it's been so great to
3: talk to yeah, you. Yeah, I think we should finish up, but we could talk to you forever. Yeah. <laughs> have we I, missed? Have we missed anything that you would love to tell the P tribe?
4: I would love to make a, a big, big please call out to the P tribe. There has to be somebody out there. It's yourself, or your partner, your friend, your neighbour who is in a position to help create change. So we mm. all advocate all day, every day on Facebook, Twitter, wherever the fuck we do it. But at the end of the day, it's those decision makers, the brand managers, um, the creative directors, those sorts of people who are making who are making the decisions about what talent goes into yes. management. And it's the awesome brand manager at Target or whoever does their advertising mm. who made that decision to say, hey, let's do this. We need more people at that and there have to be some peas out there who who know people who know people. Oh, they definitely <laughs> yes, is. definitely come they on definitely please. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Get in touch with me and I'll I'll help um I'll help get you in touch with some people who might know more than more than me about it. But um advocacy is, is only one part of it. It's being able to work with those decision mm. makers and, and really educate them in a way that um makes sense to them in a way they understand. So hopefully there are some peas out there who who might might be able to help me with that. Definitely,
2: Absolutely. yep. Yep. They will. Come on, the peas never let us down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're the best group of people ever. They are the best group of people yes. ever. Yes. Thank oh. you. Thank
2: you. Thank you for being a part of our show. Yes. Giving thank up you, your morning Lisa. for us.
3: Yes. We have been Hi. lovely to meet you and hear a little bit about your story. You could probably have your own podcast, hey?
2: Yeah, you probably definitely could.
3: <laughs> you probably definitely could. So, yep. If you do one one day, let us know. Yeah, that's right. And if
2: we ever get to Brisbane, if these borders oh. open
4: up, Yes! We will come Please. and say hi. Come and drink coffee with me. Oh, we 100%. percent would
2: love to. Love to. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Wasn't she gorgeous? Oh,
2: she's beautiful. And she's beautiful inside and out, piece. Yes. You know, not that appearance matters, but she's stunning. Yes, yeah, she is. And she's. She's just
3: kind. And she's been supportive of us. So hasn't supportive she? of us. Yeah. yeah, she's lovely. Particularly when we had some um, criticism.
2: Yeah, she and was she lovely. She came in
3: and said, yeah, you know, she was kind to us.
2: Yeah, she's really lovely. So I'm, I've, you know, fangilled her for a while. So I'm quite yeah, excited yeah, to yeah. actually it was lovely to meet get her. to virtually meet because we never get to meet anybody I anymore. Know. Thank you, COVID. Aww. Anyway, um, what I wanted to say before we do our cry life difference. Yes. I thought I might start this new segment where I read some of the comments from the people who've given us money through the supporter. Oh, great. Yep. So I can go back through them, but this one's topical if you've listened to any of the episodes this year. Uh Uh-huh. The first one is from Erin and she's given us $10 to buy trees to offset our paper diaries. (laughs) So we will we, buy. and I will go to Bunnings. I will, and we will buy <laughs> the same little plant. And oh, that's very cute. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> that's I'm the still, best. The man of laughs that we had from the last speak pipe that we oh. put out—I can't even tell you. People absolutely love that I episode. I listened to it again. I was just laughing oh, so When hard. I was listening through for the show notes, I just was—I thought the ups are so funny. I know. We need more. Speak we pipes. love those and. Kate, who has a great name, obviously, she gave us a lovely donation and just wrote Gorman Dresses. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. And there's lots of anonymous donations and we love you and I completely understand the need to not put your name there Um, and i they, I will read all sorts of ones, but I just thought oh, I'll let people know the cute oh, things that people nice. write in their supporter yes yeah, So <laughs> Mandy's already, she's gone, see ya. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to do cry laugh difference on my own. Well, it's a
3: big deal for me to even sort of consider. I just, I just haven't been like that. No, so- no. 15, 16 years yeah. to be able to. Oh, I'll just buy that dress. Never. Yeah, no,
2: never. So thank you deal, for your so generosity, thank you. yeah. and all of the rest of you. Remember, it is going to fund our beautiful booklets, right. which, which will be coming its out. It's, it's in its very yeah. final. Kelly
3: is just finally tweaking it all. Yeah, yeah.
2: So you know things We've like this take changes. time. Yeah,
3: and there's just like how how does a page look, and this yeah, page look to com- that one. And... Yes, and has yeah. everyone
2: got the right amount of photos? And yeah, yeah, that's so. right. So don't worry, it's coming. It's coming anyway. So. Cry Life Difference. This week I cried. I went to a wedding and when the speeches were done, the son talking about his father and oh. it, if I could be half the man you are oh. and I just love you. And the, he couldn't speak, the son. Oh. He just choked up the whole way through. And to see a 31-year-old man love his dad so oh, desperately was. Goodness. Oh, You couldn't. There wasn't a dryer in the house. And also, just seeing the sound engineer and his beautiful girlfriend—they oh, look so beautiful—and you just so you know, you just have those little moments of wow, that's my son, that's my son. Yeah, yeah. so he's listening, listening right now? Yeah, but he's listening. He looks so handsome in the photos. <laughs> yes. Oh. What made you cry this week, man?
3: I cried watching This Is Us again. Um, <laughs> anyway, no one else cares about me watching This Is Us, but I cried. But I also cried listening to. One of my all-time favorite podcasts. Terrible, thanks for asking. Oh yeah, and I haven't listened for a while. Yeah, so she um, had an episode where people were just truth-telling, like oh, in the yes. pandemic.
2: Yeah,
3: um, and it was a lot of peas, really, because generally that podcast is about talking about grief in terms yes. of death. Yes, it is, and so um she she was just did a call out. How is everybody? Because America's parts of America have been locked down for a year. And how is everybody and how are people who are carers yes. and doing caring, all different types of yes, caring. With no support but basically like... the entire episode was peace, right? Wow. And I was just howling in the car, just oh. thinking, you know, just listening to the truth. Yes. Because it's like the speak pipes. Yes. It's people yes. doing that as well. So yeah. you just listening to oh, people have to truths. listen. Yes. We'll link it in
2: the show notes and you can
3: it really us... um, it yeah. was very moving and I, I just credit Nora McInerney oh yeah, she's amazing because she was the first. It was the first podcast that I thought. Wow. I mean, it wasn't my people, but it was talking. Oh, it, it was, was truth real. telling truth in a podcast. Telling. Yes, and I mean, we're not as clever as her. She's, oh no, and no. She's got big media behind her. Yes, but, she's amazing. Um, but it was letting people tell their real life stories. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. Yeah, I love her. I love Terrible Things. Yeah,
2: for yeah. yeah. I love it too. Yeah, but yeah. So and my make a difference this week. Even though this sounds like a ridiculous thing, is we've got a puppy. <laughs> yes, all of a sudden. All, of a, all sudden. of a sudden. Well, we've had our name down for a while. Yep. And then we, you know, pandemic, everyone wanted dogs. Now pandemic's finished, people not so keen. So we got one. Oh. Um, and she's just little Maisie and she's so cute. And, you know, of course she's pooing and weighing everywhere. But when we got our, um, my beautiful Bindi that I love very much, who's 12, I, the, The boys were three.
3: Yes, I don't remember. And my life
2: was absolute chaos. I think it was peak chaos, and running kids to all after-school activities. And I can't even remember. I didn't have fun with her either because I was so busy. So much. I was just coping, yeah, and surviving. And so this little one, oh, Oh. just like my mum's come down a few days to just play with her and dog sit, and my nephews written a huge essay to his mum and dad about why he wants a little dog because oh. they've got a big dog and anyway, she's just this little chocolate brown ball of fluff. And don't at me for not rescuing. I a hundred percent would rescue. I'm very allergic and I can't have anything that sheds. So yep. I have to have some poodle in there. Yeah. So which I did go to um Comedy Republic <laughs> the other night and they had this amazing comedian and she said, What is it with Melbourne? Um every single dog's curly You're- <laughs> There's a lot of caboodles. I was like, there's a lot of spoodles yeah, and oodles there and is. groodles out there. <laughs> there is, So anyway, included. what was your difference?
3: Well, we had our SSG this week, which is student support group. Mm. So when you've got a child with a disability, either in mainstream or special schools, mm. you have these meetings every term with the teacher. Now, we mm. had met Molly's new teacher. Mm. It's the first time she's had a man.
2: Oh, yeah. And
3: so we did it over Zoom and he was a delight. Yay for peaches. Oh, my gosh. And it was just... Uh, yeah, Darren and I were there, Molly in the middle of us, you know, and it, it just he already knows her after a couple yeah. of weeks. He um, picked up some stuff that was true. Um, he was, oh, just the ultimate special school teacher. Yeah, He was awesome. lovely and funny. And, you know, I said, oh, when she goes on school camp, she'll just need a bit of a hand doing her hair. And mm. he's bald and he goes, yeah. well, it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, just fun. He tells a joke. He tells three jokes every morning. Oh, so she told me that's how they start the day. So this was part of my laugh too because Darren goes, "I think all bosses need to start the day with three jokes."
2: (laughs) (laughs) I agree, Darren. You agree? So it's
3: like I think there's. I think you know. Imagine you're you know in a big Zoom with everyone (laughs) from the NAB, and the CEO goes, "Right, okay, good morning." But anyway. Let's start with my three jokes. <laughs> Did you hear about the,
2: the zoo about with the... only one dog? It's a shih tzu. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, we t- said to the teacher, we love that idea, and he said, well, it just it brings everyone happiness yes, to start the day with and jokes. that's what we want. So afterwards, oh, this is going to make me cry too, but afterwards I gave her a big cuddle and I said, oh, I really like your teacher. Mm. And she said, I'm so happy at school I can't even close my mouth.
2: Oh, baby girl, she's she's so beautiful, yes. And I mean, this is what the difference I a teacher know. can make. I know. That is a profound statement I'm from I'm so her. happy at school. I can't even close oh, my mouth. I love her. I
3: know. She mm. just says the most beautiful things. She really, really does. Oh, my oh. goodness. So that made a huge difference. A huge difference. And then I felt like I got, could go out to the rest of the family and say, wow, she's got a great teacher. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't yeah. like sometimes like uh. at special schools you feel like they're in a lesser place. Yes, I, did,
2: I don't feel like that. No, she's not at all. No, so, no. Yeah. Um, and do you, um, so I've got two laughs this week, if that's okay. Um, yeah. My first laugh is if you've listened to the snap pea, <laughs> that will have made you laugh. Yeah. But there's um a story in there about a mix-up about marijuana drugs, yes. right? Anyway, our beautiful friend Jenny... Man, do you know a friend, Jenny, and she has a new grandson. I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's Etienne. Yep. The, they're French. Yep. And so she was getting a charm bracelet or something engraved and was trying to explain to the man she wanted an E with the little, oh, I'm going to show my ignorance. What's it called? I know people are just punching the. What? I, the, I don't know. Well, on the top of the E, the little line. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know. Anyway, I'm very sorry, but good for all of you who guessed and yelled it at me. <laughs> um <laughs> The accent. Yes. But Is that what it's called? Okay. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> anyway, she said she's just was t- took her a long time to get this through. Anyway, and she says as she's walking out, she's walking past this guy and he's like covered in tats and a really big bloke, and she goes, I just wanted an E. And he goes, you better be careful where you say that, lady. <laughs> Be careful. So she was like, oh, I, I see oh. your drug story. I raised you on. So feel free yep. to, we'll do our talkback se- session yeah. on um, when of you, uh, your drug accidentally stories. people thought you had drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. And the other thing that made me laugh was, um, this isn't making me laugh, I actually feel sad about it, but a uh, scholarship thing of having a gap year out of home, which will be brutal for me because she does all my tech. No. Yes, she does. Another one daughter does a lot of tech too. Yep. Um. And also because I love her, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I was telling Buzz and Woody, I said, Oh, scholarships thinking of because they were gonna go to Europe, right? Yeah. You know, the whole three or four months overseas, can't do it. So her and her two besties are like, let's let's move out for a year. Just yeah. have it in an adventure. We can't afford to Give do it, it forever. They've been yep. saving all their money anyway. Yeah. So they're, you know, going and looking at rentals and anyway, and I was telling Buzz and Woody and they were just like mouth open, staring at me. I'm like, What? And like what why would she want to leave this family? (laughs) There's so many great people here and we're all fun. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: was just laughing.
2: I was like, mate, there's good reasons why She wants to leave. <laughs> uh, we're all fun. We're all it's, fun. It's true. It just, they can't. They just kept asking me, "What? What do you mean? She's gonna move I out? I just don't Are think it's gonna in there." Oh, they weren't happy. No, no, not happy. Just not in their comprehension yes. that she would want to go. I think they think you have to leave home. <laughs> anyway, they must like it here, so they that's nice. Must. Yeah,
3: mine was from a, a Facebook page. A local group. I'm not going to read the person's name, obviously, but I I don't know if I was tired, but I could not (laughs) stop laughing. So the person says, hi, my name is Beep and I'm Beep years old and I'm currently studying but looking for some extra cash. I can walk your dogs or bog sit overnight. (laughs) 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 Or for a few days. People were like, how much do you charge to babysit my bog? (laughs) (laughs) Which some people would call a poo.
2: Yes, outside of Australia. (laughs) Yeah, a bog I, or even the, I'm going to the bog, which means you're going to the toilet. There just
3: so <laughs> many comments. They're like, you should change that, you should change that. Did they change it? Yeah, No, no. I don't think so. The bog's still but there? I can, I can, I, I can bog sit overnight. <laughs> I don't know why, but I could
2: not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I know, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, correct. Thanks for being here with us today again, Pease. Thank you for all the messages, the speak pipes. Yeah, they're
3: there's new reviews, the on likes Apple. on
2: Instagram. Thank you. We oh. absolutely love it. Our Facebook page is back. back. Oh, We didn't <laughs> even talk about that. We got taken yeah, down we got by taken the government. Taken down by the news. Well, by Facebook. By Facebook. Yeah, they took it down. How, what? How? In, in any universe, are we well, news? We're news. <laughs> you know, news. but it was like in the beginning, it, I thought, anything. oh, this is
3: funny, and then after a week or so, I was like it's, shit. like, it's not coming back. It's not coming back. and we're middle aged women. We're sort of in the Facebook demographic. Yes, you know? we are. That's right. So the kids I mean, don't use it. No, no, but we have been groomed to use it for the last 16 yeah. years. So and a lot
2: of our people are on there. That's right. Thankfully, the Hangout remained. Yeah. But. Yes, we put our new apps up there. It gets yeah. good traction. So yeah, and we can share stuff. So yeah.
3: anyway, it's back. We went to our local MP. Thank you to our beautiful listener Ariel, who said to me, "You can go to your local MP yeah. about this." And it worked. And it worked. Oh, I right. I emailed you. them back, and I said, "Well, lo and behold." <laughs> Like a ninety-year-old woman, I was like, "I am stunned." (laughs) And she's like, "No, that's what your local MPs are there for." Amazing. Okay,
2: I never asked for anything. No, no. Anyway, it's back. It's back. So I don't know if you missed it, but it's back. We also
3: like. There's. I know people are gonna add us. We need. We can't just rely on Facebook. No, no, no. We do have a website. The podcast is still here. We do have a website and the
2: podcast. Thank. Fully, too lovely, Andrea gets loaded up every week on there. Yeah,
3: that's right. So, so if you ever we'll lose So we'll always us, be there. If yeah. you can't find us, if Instagram goes or whatever.
2: Yeah, we've got the two-piece website. Just go to the
3: website and yeah. we'll get our crap together and it'll be, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, we will maybe. But, you know, we'll we can't try. make an app like Mamma Mia or anything. Oh, like, no, we we're can't. just like, okay, now we've got an app. I, know, I was like, yeah. Wow. Well, that's a lot of money Amazing. and we are very smart. Yeah, very um, smart. And thank you to our supporters, even though we've spoken about you, please go rate and review. It yes. makes a huge difference to tick those little five stars and it gets us in the charts and then other people find us.
3: Yep. So let us know what you thought about Lisa and we'll see you next week. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.